Thank you for listening to this St. Louis on the Air podcast brought to you by Lindenwood University's Hammond Institute for Free Enterprise. Examining market approaches to help solve economic and social issues, Hammond.Institute. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. As you may have heard, longtime meteorologist and St. Louis Public Radio forecaster Ben Abel died earlier this month at the age of 86. Ben Abel didn't only provide forecasts for us, he also graced the airwaves of KMOX, among other St. Louis radio stations. But his contributions here at St. Louis Public Radio were great. He started forecasting for us in 1972 and did so for about 35 years until his on-air retirement in 2007. The St. Louis University meteorology professor did all of this for us for free as a volunteer. Ben Abel was a guest on this program several times, and today we have excerpts of a conversation I had with him upon his retirement in 2007. One of the questions I asked him was how tough the St. Louis area is to forecast. Well, it's tougher than Washington, D.C. The main problem in D.C. are the coastal storms. Will it snow? Will it not? And you can really get caught on that. We're kind of at a crossroads, but, you know, so is Denver, so is Omaha, so is Topeka, so is uh, Oklahoma City, so is Little Rock. You've got an area where you've got the warm, moist air from the south. You've got the avenue wide open out of Canada. If the winds are from that direction, you're bringing cold air southward. You've got the Rockies to the west, and air masses coming over the Rockies are modified, uh, dry in the lower part, and somewhat moist. You can bring the moisture in in the upper part of the atmosphere. So you've got all of these factors. And then the, the main problem here would be timing. Uh, you're looking out two, three days in advance, and... Uh, uh, and if you listen to the three to five day forecast, and some people now do it out seven to ten days, uh, you'll notice every day that the timing is going to be different. It might be a day later. It might be a day sooner. So the timing is a real problem, but the rest of the problem would be we're at the crossroads as far as weather systems are concerned. I'm going to do this in reverse. This is maybe not the right way to go. But can you think back on a forecast that you really, really blew and, and regret it? Well, there were two. <laughs> one, was the, uh, one was the snow forecast. Yeah. But the other one was a severe weather situation in 1974 on April 3rd, and it was approaching noon. And at that time, we would cut a tape a few minutes before noon that would be played at the noon spot, the noon news hour. And, I mean, looking at the charts, looking at everything, I knew it was a severe weather situation. In fact, it turned out to be the jumbo tornado outbreak, 137 or so tornadoes um, from Illinois eastward through the Ohio Valley, through the deep south, up into the Great Lakes over a two-day period. And I knew it was a volatile situation. And I'm looking at the upper air observations, and they're few and far between. The one from down near uh, Springfield, Missouri, I'm looking at that, and I said, no, they don't have anything to worry about. The moisture is not there. That part of the system has gone by. And at that time, there was an upper air station in Salem, Illinois, about 50 miles to the east of here. And I'm looking at that, and I said, oh, yeah. And I said, they're, they're in the hot seat. Well, we're right in between, and I'm looking at things. I'm watching the cumulus and the towering cumulus, and, oh, yeah, it looks like a thunderstorm starting to develop. But my judgment was that you need a little more heat in the afternoon to really trigger things. So I went on the air at a few minutes uh, before noon, and I said, all of the severe weather will be east of St. Louis. Went back outside, 
There's lightning, thunder, hail, about larger than golf ball size, falling. And I thought, oh, my goodness. I went back inside, called the station immediately, and said, I want to change the forecast. Yeah. And they said, it's too late. It just went over. So I'm thinking, I'm trying to justify what's been going on. And I'm saying, well, I'm over at Parks College at that time. We're east of the Mississippi. And then the phone lit up. And I'm getting calls from St. Louis City. I'm getting calls from St. Louis County. And what made it worse, not only was the hail large, but it's coming down at an angle and it's beating the daylights, not only on the roofs, but also the siding on the buildings and what have you. It was a, a multi-million dollar hailstorm. Proving once again that this certainly is an inexact, uh, inexact science. Hey, only missed by 50 miles. That's <laughs> all. Well, that, that's really not very far when you stop to think of it. What about the one that you nailed that you're really proud of? Oh, there have been a few. And uh, as, I'm just happy with it. As long as everything <laughs> is working out. Now, I'll tell you a story about yesterday, uh, which I was talking about earlier. I was contacted by uh, the sports office, St. Louis University. We had a ball game at 3 o'clock. And they asked me, uh, you know, what's the chances of this ball game being played? And I said, I think pretty good. And I said, I can't. There's a famous statement. Can't rule it out. Well, before 3, I'm hearing thunder. And I'm saying, oh, no, please. And I said, it's bad enough if it rains, but if lightning strikes someone, well, being in Midtown St. Louis and on the pathway to and from hospitals and what have you, you get a lot of sirens, and I'm listening, and I'm not hearing many that afternoon. I said, well, I think I'm okay on the lightning. And the rain really got uh, heavier after about 5.30, 6 o'clock. So they may, I don't even know if they got the game in. I came straight out to the studio here this morning. So, uh, but, you know, you get a lot of that, and then there'll be more of that in the future. And those are the things that you remember, but you quickly forget them. But, you know, a lot of meteorologists, and I certainly wouldn't name names, are very defensive about their forecasts. They always find ways to kind of hedge their bets a little bit. You never do that. And I think that's one of the things that endears you to the audience is the fact you always give yourself the kind of wiggle room that you have to have because it is an inexact science. That is correct. It's an art and a science, and experience plays a very large role. I, I feel like, in, in some cases, I have a little more time on the air. I feel like, yeah, I'd like to give them an explanation as to what happened, mainly in terms of trying to educate. Nothing else. What's done is done. What's gone is gone. In your business today, particularly those in the broadcast field, you're really in the business of helping save lives because the information you impart can do just that. Well, I'm a radio person. And I've got the face for radio, not television. <laughs> and I frankly don't like television. I've stayed up a little later the last couple of nights, turned on television and turned it off. However, looking at what they, they have saved lives. I, no telling how many. Uh, you're not seeing the, the terrible fatality totals we used to have in tornadic situations, for example. Now, people are taking it more seriously. Some take it not seriously enough. It depends on their previous experience or their family's previous experience with uh, dangerous storms. But uh, and, and all and that's one is a fantastic service provided by television. And uh, it's uh, it's very immediate. And uh, most of the time, you do have a warning, particularly with the more serious storms. I've only seen, not seen it directly, but studied one storm that I thought was unsurvivable. And that was a Gerald, Texas tornado near Austin back in the late uh, 1990s. And I'm convinced that was unsurvivable. And 
Uh, there were uh, more fatalities, relatively few injuries. That's the reverse of what you usually see. And the reason was it was nearly stationary for 15 minutes. It wasn't a quick hit, and then it's gone. Uh, but I, I go back to a, another May situation, the Turnpike Storm in Oklahoma, where the rest stop, uh, restaurant and shop in the middle of the turnpike was destroyed. People took shelter in there, and it was literally destroyed. There wasn't much left, and there were no fatals at that particular site. That's meteorologist and longtime St. Louis public radio forecaster Ben Abel and me talking in 2007 when he retired from on-air forecasting. He passed away earlier this month. And while we're taking this opportunity to pay tribute to Ben Abel, we do so in remembering that he was known as a nice guy, and he was a good sport. We took advantage of that for a pledge drive decades ago, and this was a time in the 80s and early 90s when our pledge drives sounded a bit different than they do today, as with this skit with Ben Abel. Fair warning, some listeners may consider this very cheesy. Faster than a marketplace update, more powerful than a who a hot sauce. Able to understand Tom and Ray Maliazzi in a single hearing. Look, up in the studio, it's a Larry Bird. It's Shirley McLean. No, it's Abel Ben Abel. Yes, Abel Ben Abel, strange visitor from another world, Cahokia, who disguised as a mild-mannered weatherman fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and meteorological literacy. One day in Forest Park. Say, Madge, look at those big fluffy clouds. Yes, they are beautiful. A perfect day for a picnic. This looks like a job for Abel Ben Abel. Tearing off his necktie and glasses, our hero ducks behind a cellular phone and transforms himself into Abel Ben Abel. Blue tights, black 1960s go-go boots, a flowing red cape, and ABA blazoned on his chest. Ladies, those clouds are cumulonimbus coming from the west. They're caused by the collision of a cold front with warm, moist air. I suggest you get your umbrella ready. How can I ever thank you? By pledging your support to KWMU, you too can fight meteorological ignorance. Up, up, pledge, and away! Who was that caped man? I don't know, but he left this silver ice scraper with a phone number. 553-6161. That's one of our Pledge Drive spots from decades ago featuring meteorologist Ben Abel. And it was certainly the case that the Ben Abel ice scraper was a popular pledge gift. But perhaps topping that was the I Can't Rule It Out 6-inch Ben Abel ruler. I can't rule it out, of course, being one of his signature phrases. And before we leave today, we want to hear from our listeners who in 2007 left us messages about Ben Abel upon his on-air retirement. We have this montage produced at the time by our very own Aaron Dorr. Hello, my name is Jimmy Sanders, and my wife's name is Carrie Sanders. My name is Jim Lovett. Hi, my name is Donna. I'm calling from St. Louis. Hi, my name is Andrew Campbell. My name is Mark Richmond. Brian Stoller. Mark Lyon. Mike Holly. Tony Schmidt. Lisa Miller. Deborah Bloomer. My name is Father Robert Osborne. Carol Burkholder. Joan Bailey. This is Trudy Bush. My name is Elizabeth Metcalf. 
I just wanted to say that Ben Abel, we are going to miss you so much. Really going to miss his uh, daily reporting. I have to say that I'm really going to miss him. I'll miss his beautiful voice and charm. Thanks. Thank you for being a great meteorologist, and I'm going to miss you. After 35 years, KWMU listeners bid Ben Abel a fond farewell. And we are just really sad that Ben Abel is retiring, but I'm sure going to miss him. And I really love Ben Abel, and I'll miss him so much. Well, I don't know who could possibly take his place. I feel like I know him. I'm even a little choked up about it, to be honest. I just want to say how much I'm going to miss Ben Abel. We are going to miss you so much. You are terrific. I just wanted to tell Ben Abel what a great guy he was and how much I have listened to him and I'll miss his beautiful voice and charm. But also just a voice I recognize quickly and easily. And, and uh, a man with a voice like that, you just have to trust. I, I don't know. There was something about the tone of his voice and... Tone he puts in it. I can't rule out... <laughs> And the, the, the melody that he would put into the delivery has just been wonderful. And I wish him a very, very happy and fulfilling retirement. But I'm sure going to miss him. I always smile when I hear his weather report. It's really cute how he almost takes personal responsibility for the condition of the weather. Usually driving along, think to myself, no, there's a good guy. There's something special about Ben Abel. And you don't really find that sort of dedication and passion these days. Ben Abel is to weather what Daniel Shore is to news. You think of uh, like a like a copier, you think Xerox. When you think of weather, you think of Ben Abel. And I'm really going to miss his uh, daily reporting. Oh, two or three years ago, uh, you all asked him how far out in the future he was comfortable predicting. And he said, oh, about two or three hours. So I thought that was delightful. And computers and all the stuff to look at the weather, and he was showing us how he did it. And then he said, and then when I'm done with that, I do this. And he got up and he went over to the window and looked out, and that was it. That's why I knew I liked Ben. In five to 15 seconds, he makes sense of what's going on with the weather, why it's unpredictable, and why he might have been wrong just two hours earlier. Um, and you never fault him for it. And oftentimes he's different from the evening news or the five-day forecast, and he's right more often than they are. I have always trusted his forecast much more than I do the television. Ben, uh, I just have a forecast. It's a large area of depression over the St. Louis area. I can't rule out a few tears. Thank you for your service and your wonderful ways with the weather. Happy retirement. Listeners in 2007 reflecting on the impact of longtime meteorologist and St. Louis public radio forecaster Ben Abel, who died earlier this month at the age of 86. He worked here as a volunteer for 35 years, beginning in 1972. Visitation is next Thursday evening, February 28th, at Cutis Funeral Home in Afton. He is survived by two daughters, two sons, and 16 grandchildren. And long before becoming St. Louis's favorite forecaster, Ben Abel was an Army intelligence officer during the Korean War. He'll be interred at Jefferson Barracks National Cemetery.
Rest in peace, Ben Abel. This is St. Louis on the Air and St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.